0: to create passive income and generational wealth while also lowering your taxable income through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, make sure you do that right now so that you don't miss an episode. Thanks so much for joining me today, and now on with the show. Welcome, all ye deck swabbers, to another Thoughtful Thursday on the Plan B CRNA Podcast. I'm your privateer and host, Captain Dreadlock, and I'll be guiding you through these frightful waters into the common seas. I've got a question for you first. What be a pirate's favorite restaurant? Arby's, of course. Okay, okay. I'll spare you the accent. Uh, For those of you who aren't actually watching this on YouTube, I'm wearing my eye patch and pirate hat on the deck of my ship. After last week's show, I had to show you that I do, in fact, love dressing up for Halloween. We actually have a dress-up trunk for the kids so that they can pretend it's Halloween all year round. And uh, speaking of things that are fun all year round, for those of you who actually know me, you know that I'm a huge sci-fi fan. From Star Wars to Firefly to Blade Runner, I'll strap in for just about any type of movie in this genre. The newly remade Dune movie is coming out in theaters near me today, so I thought I'd pay a little homage here with uh, the quote that gets me thinking. Frank Herbert wrote in Dune, I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Now, fear comes at us in a variety of different ways in our world. Our bodies respond with the fight or flight response, a basic survival mechanism that can be triggered by perceived threats around us. We all know that the result is that our body slows down functions and blood flow to non-essential parts of of our body, like our digestive system or the periphery. And it increases function of the areas that need it for immediate survival, like our muscles to allow us to run or our eyes to dilate and sharpen our focus. Now, this doesn't seem horrible until we go a little deeper. Remember, Frank Herbert said that fear is the mind killer. And he's pretty spot on here. When you're fearful, your thoughts tend to race in an effort to evaluate the perceived danger and make a rapid decision. Looking for how to attack or escape from a threat is all-consuming to the mind, and you're suddenly unable to concentrate on anything apart from that which you fear. Unfortunately, fear-mongering is utilized regularly by the media to get attention, whether it's through exaggerated risks or rumors of impending danger. And while this escalation of fear tactics is particularly noticeable in the politics of the last 30 to 40 years, it has been used in many other arenas, from terrorism to policing to immigration, and yes, to COVID-19. But make no mistake, this isn't new. Over 100 years ago, we had the Red Scare after World War I. American workers wanted wage increases following the sacrifices of the inflationary war years. A series of massive strikes created fear that American workers would follow the recent Bolshevik revolution in Russia and other attempts that were following in parts of Europe. Many Americans were spied on or blacklisted from employment. Picketing was actually outlawed. So much for freedom of speech and assembly, right? And laws against child labor and a minimum wage for women were actually struck down. A second Red Scare occurred in the 40s and 50s, ending with the McCarthy trials in 1954. Another one, fear of the Japanese after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. This led to the internment of over 100,000 Japanese living in the U.S. from 1942 to 1946. Over 60% of those people were actually U.S. citizens. And it wasn't until the Civil Liberties Act of 1988, over 40 years later, that the U.S. government apologized for this mass incarceration, authorizing a payment of $20,000 to each survivor. Now, of course, the, the best example in recent times is 9-11. You know, after that time, the fear of a terrorist attack was, you know, it, it motivated several countries, including the U.S., to submit their citizens to baggage searches and pat-downs and body imaging scans. Many Americans disagree with this, citing unreasonable search and seizure under the Fourth Amendment. We now see tens of thousands of cameras all over the place now, as well as the tracking of personal locations, behavior, and overall activity made possible by legislation that followed that panic. And don't even get me started on the two decades of war in Iraq and Afghanistan that followed. Now, let's face it, though. Fear works. Media sensationalism is used all the time to stoke fear and overemphasize risks and threats to you. Here are some common words and phrases they use. Let me know if these sound familiar. The word possible, as in officials are worried about a possible attack or... There's a possible connection between memory loss and the air you breathe. In each of those instances, those things haven't actually happened. The possible attack hasn't actually happened. The possible connection between memory loss and the air, it hasn't been made. Okay, another one is the word deadly, as in we have more information on the deadly hurricane in the Gulf. This means that at least one person has died maybe a handful the hurricane isn't trying to kill everyone that it encounters the people who usually die are usually in a really different kind of situation like they're in a small fishing boat off the coast or something meanwhile you're at home a thousand feet above sea level now another one uh a new study warns or experts fear well of course reports and experts seem to warn fear and worry an awful lot don't they Okay, so there's a ton more examples, and I'll link to an article about that in the show notes. But just keep in mind that media outlets want your attention, and they know they can get it with more sensationalist headlines. Hell, I use that myself sometimes to get more eyes and ears tuning in. Just a couple weeks ago, the episode was named Why Congress is Out to Destroy Your IRA. Now, I didn't really think that uh, the title Congress is trying to change key portions of IRA regulations that will ultimately limit investor choices and diminish returns and diversification opportunities. I just didn't think that had the same ring to it. So sue me, right? Now, what does living in a constant state of fear actually do to you? Well, it can lead to a weakened immune system over time, cardiovascular damage, GI problems, and decreased fertility. We begin to see problems with long-term memory formation, damage to the hippocampus, and increased anxiety. Emotional regulation goes a bit haywire, leaving us susceptible to intense emotions and impulsive reactions. Ultimately, this can result in mental health problems like fatigue, depression, or even PTSD. So what can you do about it? Well, media and advertisers are everywhere. How can you escape? Well, here's a few different ways. Number one, don't instinctively follow the crowd. It's our nature To heed the warnings of those around us, especially people that we trust, but take care to notice whether those folks are acting out of panic or not. They may not be assessing risks clearly, which doesn't help you in the end. Number two, seek a wide variety of opinions and assessments. People who don't think like you can sometimes help you see something that you missed. Number three, look for verifiable facts. Strip away the adjectives and adverbs. Look for details about the situation and keep digging. If you don't find much, then maybe this doesn't warrant a fearful response from you. Number four, think about other explanations. Your fear could simply be a misunderstanding of the situation, so do your best to find and sort out competing explanations. Number five, keep things in perspective. Lightning strikes are scary because they're unpredictable but few people are actually harmed by them with the chances of dying at more than 10 million to one. Perspective is everything. Number six, ask if you're being manipulated. Keep in mind that people often say or do scary things to intimidate their voters, victims, or opponents. You should be asking what they're really after with their actions instead of just buying into the fear blindly. And seven, lastly, don't spread the fear. Sure, it might make for juicy conversation and gossip, but it can also be dangerous and harmful. Now, as usual, I provided some links in the show notes for you to check out. So as you can see, there's no need to be fear in the seas around you, so long as you be careful in who you trust. Aye, matey, a great crew will keep you on the straight and narrow, sailing high and staying dry. And as a last bit of fun, I have a couple more pirate jokes for you. How do you save a dying pirate? CPR. How much does a pirate pay to get his ears pierced? Ah, about a buccaneer. How do you make a pirate mad? You take away the P. You see, because it actually, it turns the word pirate into irate by taking away the P. That's what's, Anyway, okay, last one. Why can't pirates say the alphabet? They always get lost at sea. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe so that you don't miss any future shows. And I also want to hear from you guys. If you liked this kind of an episode, I do plan to do some more dress up stuff and have some more fun. Uh, But if you have a question, comment, or topic that you want me to cover in an upcoming show, uh, make sure you rate and review on your podcast player. I check those all the time and I try to cover those in future episodes. I hope you'll join me next time, me hearties. This is Bobby Jones signing off. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Plan B CRNA podcast. If you haven't already subscribed and reviewed the show, I'd be honored if you took the extra time. It really helps to expand our reach and get the word out about the show. If you're a CRNA who is interested in sharing your story on our podcast, I'd love to have you. Please email me at bobby at oncallinvestments.com for more information. This episode was brought to you by On Call Capital. They're dedicated to helping providers like you develop passive income and generational wealth through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. Feel free to check out their website at www.oncallinvestments.com and subscribe to their free educational email series. You can find On Call Capital on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check out our YouTube page, where you'll find all of the show episodes along with other educational videos. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.